Hey everybody, welcome to HubShots episode 75. We talk about HubSpot sales stuff, the death of chatbots, and the Amazon threat to Google. Now, this podcast is for marketing managers or sales professionals who are either considering using HubSpot or are using HubSpot. My name is Ian Jacob from Search and Be Found, and with me is my co-host Craig Bailey from Zen Systems. How are you, Craig? Really good, and wow, what a jam-packed episode we have. We've got so many things to go through in Very this interesting, episode. considering we were talking about chatbots over the last few weeks, and we're now saying the death of chatbots. Yeah, interesting piece we'll look at in the Opinion of the Week. Okay, well, Inbound Thought of the Week, Craig. Always good to go back to Brian Halligan, isn't it? Yeah, and I took this from my notes that I took at Inbound 2016. And we talked about the first part, which he talked about marketing, and I'm going to talk about the sales side now. And one thing he said in sales, context is king and always be helping. I think always be helping has really stuck with me because really when we look at sales now is that sales need to be helping people make that choice as opposed to going, no, this is what you need. And I think that that's really stuck for me. And he gave three, three things to do, advice for sales, he called it. He said, less is more for email. So when you're emailing people, don't bombard them with heaps of information. Just give them what they need. He said no cold calls, but we'll talk about that a little later. We will. (laughs) (laughs) And trials. And he said people are looking for value before they actually purchase. So trials actually becomes a really important thing that people get to experience before they actually buy the product. It's really interesting. Like I'll revert this back. I remember years ago when my dad bought a BMW and we went there, and there was no push to, like, sell the car. It was like, do you want to drive the car? And after they'd driven the car, there was the next conversation was, do you like it? Or would you like to buy it? And it was just a totally different way that I'd seen car sales being done before. And that kind of just changed the way everything happens. And I think that's really it. Like, someone's trying it, and after they've tried it, if they like it, well, you can take it to the next step. Otherwise, don't even bother. I think that was really key to what he was talking about. Yeah, there's some excellent points. I just want to uh, make a few comments on that. So back on the email one, uh, less is more for emails. I really like that. Um, And I've noticed this a lot as well in the emails I'm getting from brands that I follow and like. The emails are getting shorter. And a lot of this, I'm assuming, is due to mobile. We're on mobile just flicking through our emails. So we don't want to scroll through or swipe through long emails. So I definitely agree with that. But, yeah, they're straight to the value point. Basically, all you need to do with your sales email is take out all the guff about yourself and just leave the point where it actually adds something of value to the reader. If you're looking for a trick or a tip on how to (laughs) cut down your emails, that's it. So I I totally agree with Brian there, and, that's yeah, that's a really useful tip. And the trials, what the experience that you recounted there with buying a car, where the experience in the car sells it, you know, we buy on emotion and justify on logic after. And with trials, that's so much the case, isn't it? And that's why these companies like HubSpot focusing so much on that user experience. Yes. They've spent a lot of time in the last year just tweaking the whole experience of being in the product. We've talked yes. about this many times on the show. And it's right. Just get them in the trial and just you love the product. That yes. kind of sells it for you. Exactly. And there's some really interesting things. I've, I've cut two of the slides. I've taken pictures of. You'll see a big camera boom going across the <laughs> images. Mate, on the ground. At, on the ground. Our reporter right. on the side. <laughs> now, what was really interesting that I wanted to share was that what sorts of information do people rely on when making purchasing decisions? And the really one that stood out that Brian had highlighted was word of mouth was 58%. Media articles was at 47%. Customer references were 46%. Now, that was interesting in itself. 
Vendor-authored materials, 41%. And analyst reports and recommendations. And then the 25% was crowd-sourced review sites. And at the very bottom was salesperson at 18%, right? Looking at this, if you wanted to focus and be more specific about what you want to do if you're selling a product or a service, think about listening to what people are saying. Now, you can do this in the tool, in HubSpot. You can actually, in the social tool, you can monitor what people are saying about your product or your service. And we would recommend you to go have a look at that and actually figure out what people are saying. You know, if there are certain things that you can respond to, like monitor that keyword or that phrase and actually respond to people that's an and ex- always be helping that's them. an excellent point we note to self we should actually in the next episode our hubspot feature we'll talk about the social tools because you can actually track a brand mention yes on twitter and you can actually set it up to get an instant email notification Correct. about that so yeah good reminder all right on to our hubspot marketing feature of the week craig and this is the leadsbridge integration so this connects hubspot list to your facebook as Facebook audiences? Yeah, so I thought this was interesting that's a new announcement or a notification because we both have Leeds yes. Bridge and we've used it before. And I, uh, we've, in fact, here's in fact, the re- we might have actually tried it before they announced it. Well, we definitely have <laughs> because I know I've, we, and just to talk about Leeds Bridge for listeners, if yes. you're not using it and you are using Facebook, it's almost a no brainer purchase because what it does is it links all your email marketing tools. The lists in those, it automatically syncs them to Facebook so you can create Facebook audiences. Okay, so if you haven't seen Leeds Bridge before, check it out. It's well worth it. So we use it, I think, with every single customer of ours. But we'd set all this up syncing between HubSpot and Facebook, you know, ages before Yeah, it was a few weeks ago. Yeah, so I'm, maybe it was available and it just hadn't been mentioned, <coughs> but uh, I just assumed it had been there. But good reminder that it's there now, and so you can definitely link Leedsbridge. Now, also, I just wanted to have a tip because um, AppSumo had a deal on this. It's now expired, but they had a deal. So, listeners, you need to know that you could get a lifetime purchase of Leedsbridge for $49. It's sold, which we did. <laughs> which we did. Now, it's sold out now, but I reckon you should pay attention and, and hit AppSumo up to run the deal again. So yes. don't pay the whatever... I think it can be it's enough. 40, it's $49 a month if you want the pro account. Oh, is it? Yeah. I, th- I thought it was more. But actually, yeah, okay, but even so, you're getting it for one month for a lifetime. So try and get a deal on it. Don't rush out and buy it at full price That's what I'm saying. Regardless, even if there is a $29 a month deal, okay, and you can even try that out. So I think even at that price, it's probably worth using it's a no-brainer. Yeah, it, exactly. it saves so much time and gives you so much value. So okay, actually, we should do a tip on this next week where we'll talk about how we lo- use Leadsbridge yes. to sync our lists. So, Craig, mm. we just talked about using Leadsbridge. Why? The why was because of the list. It also puts in the the lead ads that are actually generated into your... It can do that. We're using the HubSpot ads add-on for that particular piece, Correct. bringing back lead forms. But, yeah, so it's another way of syncing back. So if you're using lead ads, Facebook, and then you're exporting out to CSVs to then import back into your email list, then, yeah, it solves all that pain as well. Correct. So like we were discussing last week about the value of a tool, this could be very valuable even at $50 a month. If you're doing a really elongated process about matching data, this could be well worth it. Totally. All right, on to HubSpot sales feature of the week. Now, Craig, we're going to talk about new and improved engagement reporting from HubSpot sales. And basically, 
You think that they're making HubSpot CRM better for telemarketers. Oh, look, I... Would, uh, tell me, would you like to get this uh, <laughs> online offer that I'm going to offer you? <laughs> Don't come <laughs> Yeah. I keep getting these um, telemarketers calling me trying to sell me... Um, what was it? Vodafone. Vodafone. Trying to special... Yeah, anyway. It's an online offer, Doug. It's an online offer that they call me about. Yeah, that's right. It's a good feature update to HubSpot sales, so in the CRM. Right? Yes. And what it means is when you can make a call, you can make a call for within HubSpot Serum. At the end, you can note it. You're basically giving a label on what the outcome was. Yes. So this in the industry is known as call dispositions. I had never heard of that. I had not heard of it either. But that's what it's called. And we know that because we've got the first link in Google was a competitor to HubSpot talking about what is called disposition. And it basically said... It's a call call center term. So good good SEO opportunity there for HubSpot to rank for that. Matt Barbie, we should tell Matt Barbie. You can rank for call disposition. <laughs> anyway, sorry, we digress. But look, it's actually quite a nice it is setting nice, because yes. after you call, your sales yeah. reps have done a call, you set an outcome. <clears throat> We've got a, a screenshot there of some because we were testing earlier. You might say left a message, connected. Now, why would you want to be noting all of these? This is for reporting. And this is the second part of the announcement. We've also got some screenshots of this. You can actually now do reporting on all the activities of your sales reps, how how many calls they made, how many connected, all that kind of thing. And then also you can report on how many meetings booked, uh, activities like that as well. So this is actually all part of HubSpot CRM becoming much more feature-rich when it comes to reporting. This is something we've kind of criticised a bit in the past, a bit weak for some of our bigger customers they don't get the reporting that they want. This is HubSpot working pretty rapidly to fill those gaps. So overall, it's a really good addition, especially the reporting piece as yep. well. I know some of our customers are going to really like it. But the reason this niggles at me is because I don't know why HubSpot try to say you shouldn't do cold calls, <laughs> right? And even at the keynote last year, they're, oh, how bad it is, you know, these people in telemarketing call centres calling out. And it's like, one, it's still effective. We try to say, no, it's not. But I can tell you from experience, all of our, uh, all of our big customers do it. It is effective, right? When uh, done correctly. When done correctly, yeah. right? And two, they're making the product facilitated better. So I don't know why they keep criticizing it. But anyway. So just a quick note. In the CRM, it's actually not call, call disposition. <laughs> it's actually called call, call selected out. It's like the call outcome. Call outcome, yeah. And actually what's in there, it says that there's the options are no answer, busy, wrong number left voicemail connected. There is one called left live message, which I'm trying to figure out what that means, but I guess we might find out. Good but point. I thought it was really interesting yeah. because uh, leaving a message would be leaving a voicemail. But nonetheless, maybe it's an option that we don't have here in Australia. All right, Craig, on to our hug. No, I'm not going to give you a hug here, but in Sydney we have a HubSpot user group that is actually coming up at the end of this month on the 30th of March. And you can register for that with the link in the show notes. So if you're in Sydney or you're anywhere around Sydney or you're visiting Sydney and you'd love to be a part of that and come and say hi to us, we shall be there. So we'd encourage you to get along and meet other people. Looking forward to it. All right, on to our opinion of the week, Craig. And this is from Bradford Cross, five AI startup predictions for 2017. Yeah, so this is fascinating reading. This is a guy that's worked in the AI industry for 15, 20 years. He's now in uh, venture capital 
And he is aware of what's happening across the industry, both in startups and established companies around AI, machine learning and bots. Right. And the reason we've included this in the episode is because his opinion is that bots are kind of um, going to die. They're going to go bust because yep. some, so many of them are so dumb and provide no value. Yes. So the reason we're also mentioning this is because we announced the hub shot. The HubShot bot? HubShot's bot last episode, and we've got a link in the show notes if you want to go and play with that. But it's really interesting. And the other thing he was talking about is how AI is going to become a commodity and then this whole idea of machine learning as a service, he actually doesn't think that's going to take off. Yeah, he thinks right. it's going to stay proprietary. So Facebook, for example, we often talk about their advertising yes. targeting. Their machine learning behind it is so good. But he's saying that'll never be a service. They'll use it internally. And so these services like Google and Microsoft offering machine learning as a service, he doesn't reckon they'll take off. Anyway, that's why it's in Opinion of the Week. I think it's fascinating reading for marketers because AI, machine learning and bots is becoming such a compelling part of marketing <clears throat> that if you aren't evaluating it now, you need to be this year. So there's Isn't some it good interesting? Reading. I think it's fascinating because just before we started recording this, I was reading an email I got from Google Cloud, which actually talked about machine learning and how you can actually use it on their platform to do what you need to do, which is very interesting. Yeah, well, Google have their offering and Microsoft Azure has got their um, machine learning services and AI um, APIs as well. So it's definitely a growing field. So, yeah, yeah. He's, he's of the opinion that it's actually not going to work as a service. Interesting. Mm. Okay, Craig, on to our creative top 10 of the week, and this is my challenge to you this week. 10 ideas to promote an industrial, modular, and flexible ducting company on a starting budget. Right. So just explain to the listeners what industrial, modular and flexible ducting is. Okay. I'll give you a little, it's a tube <laughs> in essence, uh, a flexible tube. So flexible tubes can carry liquid, can carry other, like a vacuumers, for example, or things that are transferring like beer around in a pub, for example. That's a, that's one example. In terms of modular ducting, it's pieces of like metal or poly plastic ducting in, in essence, polyurethane, and they hook together and they can be used in factories, in coffee roasting facilities to extract smoke, dust. Right, so these might be vents and things. Yes, ventilation, yeah. exactly, yeah. Air conditioning, ducting yeah. and all of that. And modular meaning you can stick multiple things together and hook them together to create a whole system. Right. Okay. And so there's there's massive uses from the food industry to manufacturing and really even in buildings for air conditioning, et cetera. So it's, it's pretty big. It's very broad. Right. Now, I'll just remind listeners why we do this. So this challenge is what we're trying to practice is creative thinking, getting our creative muscles working. So this is not about this particular industry. And, okay. in fact, if you're listening to this going ducting, that sounds like the most boring thing I've ever heard of. Yes. That's entirely the point. Try to think, let's say your job as a marketer was to promote that kind of company, what would you do? So you don't think, oh, that's not something I'm not interested in. You think, how can I be creative? I can probably think of three things easily, but can you think of 10? And that's the whole point of this. So you've given me the challenge. So listeners, you try and think of creative things as well. I'll quickly rush through mine. Number one, AdWords, specific key terms targeting, focusing on least competitive first. So you said they're a startup, so I'd go for least competitive terms. Look for those. So low-hanging fruit. AdWords, competitor brand term targeting. I reckon that would be big brand jacking. There'd be some established players, so try and brand jack. Um, Number three, use BuzzSumo to analyse topics. 
follow the top shared content and then look for commenting or advertising opportunities. Yeah, right. That's and those kinds of sites, look at, you use them as placements in, say, some AdWords mm. targeting. For industry directives, directory sites, so found one industrysearch.com, which it turns out you've, you've already using, so that's fine. But yeah, those kind of industry sites where you can list um, your company, not only your company name and profile, but products that you sell, try and <coughs> increase your footprint. Industry forums, like I found this one called ACIF. Yeah, which construction industry news, and I noticed that they have members, and down the sides their banners show. Yeah, and right. bonus tip, they they do follow links, so you can. That's boost, fantastic. I oh, know you can boost your SEO there by get some of this. Uh, use Q and A sites. So we're actually using this new tool called Bloomberry. Okay. Um, and you put it in, and it, a topic, uh, and it'll give you questions people are asking or about them, and it tells you where those questions are. So that'll often help you find other sites, you know, that might be Q and A. Target industry sectors, so number seven I'm up to, air conditioning installation companies. Now, I actually found, I looked on LinkedIn, I thought I'll target titles for manager and then companies air conditioning installers. I thought, why don't you target them because they need that kind of supply. Uh, Eight, target topics, e.g. workplace safety. That might be something to do, especially in hospitality. You need to, you know, um, they must have exhaust guidelines and things like that. That's a good one. Uh, Create specific landing pages uh, related to specific problems, e.g. pillar content on. So one of them, when I just did a quick search on ducting, was industrial dust extraction. Yeah, that's a big. Is it? Right. I'd never heard this. I thought that is begging for a pillar Piece, piece of, of content, content right, yes. because you could rank number one yes. for that term. So what you're doing is basically focusing on the problem rather than the product okay. itself. Target large food franchises. So I thought if you target a food franchise, they might have kind of um, preferred suppliers who might have preferred suppliers of product. <coughs> and then uh, finally, I think we're up to 11 now. Actually. Oh, this is the bonus, bonus, bonus point. Promote points are different. So I was actually noticing some of them, these ducting thing, ducting is ducting is ducting, right? Yeah. But then, no, some of them actually have quick lock kind of capabilities. Yes. So there's a speed of installation yep. bit. What I found on the sites is it was kind of like some of them didn't really highlight that and it's okay. like a key point of difference. Yep. So, all right, there you go. Listeners, I'd love to. I'd love to know the kinds of ideas listeners come up with that, yeah, that actually, industry. If you want us to do a, a creative top ten for your business or a client you may have, please tweet us or email us. We'd love to include it in the show. Yeah, but I'd actually like to hear listeners come up with their ideas for something yes. else. Like for tonight's topic, come up with an idea that I didn't think of. There must be millions, right? Yes. All right, onto our podcast of the week, Craig. And there's no podcast of the week. Because I'm behind. I haven't listened to a podcast for a week and a half probably, and I think you're the same. Well, I've been listening to Marketing School in between oh, driving course, around. of course. That's all and, um, and actually I've been spending my time actually not listening to anything and thinking about some stuff that I need to get through, Good. how to solve some problems. So I think that's a really key thing, and I think I've spoken to about this before, is having time to think, not filling your head with music and podcasts and all of this other stuff. Just be still and have a think about how you can think about stuff. I tell you, I, it's a bit like the creative top ten. I definitely need that at the moment. I need some, <laughs> need some mental space. So do that. That's your action for the week. Maybe don't listen to any podcasts. <laughs> All right, resource of the week, Craig. And this is really interesting. This is the CEO of the world's largest advertising group, WPP, Sir Martin Sorrell, discussing what keeps you up at night. And the summary is Amazon. 
Amazon keeps him up at night. And the reason they said, why don't keep him up at night? He's just had a new baby. So that kind of the joke was, oh, is the baby keeping up? No, Amazon is. And why this is interesting is because, well, he's the CEO of the world's largest advertising group, right? So advertising is a key piece of what he thinks about probably, yes. I don't know, 90%. He's of the probably day. thinking about that 24-7. Yeah. So why is he thinking about Amazon? And his point is that Amazon, although they're not doing much in terms of size and sophistication and revenue from advertising yet, when it comes to purchase intent, you want, to buy, a pair of, yeah, you want to buy a pair of shoes, do you go to Google now and go where to buy shoes or do you go to Amazon yes. and you put in the shoes that you want? So his point is that the closer you are to purchase, Amazon is more likely to get that. So that's a threat for Google because the purchase intent terms are often more expensive. So that's a key piece of revenue that Google's maybe under threat for. But also Amazon... They're building out their whole platform to do that and they're doing it in a way that cuts out the middleman, so to speak, which is like WPP and advertising agencies like that. So he's worried about that. reason we raise it in the show is because as a marketing manager and sales, depending on what product you're in or what industry, things like Amazon are becoming far more important as part of your strategy. Yes. That's where you've got to be thinking and not only, well, how do you get on to Amazon and rank, but what, how are you actually going to advertise on there and not get pushed out by the huge brands that might have made big partnerships with Amazon? So plenty of food for thought there. Yeah. I think that's, that's a really interesting. And I talked to you about this while we were at Inbound and the entire time we were in New York and Boston and we, we went out to eat I actually never used Google. I actually opened up the Yelp app and just used that to go and say what's around me that's really good. And we discovered some great places to have lobster rolls and chowder and clam chowder. And that was a really good example. Like I didn't realize, but that was my behavior every day. And when I got back, I'm like, oh, I never actually did a search on Google for anything food related. Right. Which was very bizarre. But I think this is a really key thing. We need to be on the lookout for behavior changes and are you actually missing out on those people when they're at that point of purchase or making a choice about uh, buying a product or a service or whatever it is and be there at the right time? All right, on to our quote of the week, Craig. If you're walking down the right path and you're willing to keep walking, eventually you'll make progress. And this is from Barack Obama. There we go. Adding a bit of politics to the show. <laughs> we want to divide our audience. There That's right. Is there, are we going to have one from... Uh, Let's go on to shot 10, shall we? <laughs> Random thought of the week, Craig. Make readers pass a quiz before they can comment. This is, this fa- is really interesting. This is fantastic. We've got a link through to Neiman Lab where they're talking about the example of a Norwegian site that had a, uh, a topic. Yep. And what they've done is for some of the topics that are potentially controversial and attract trolls, they have this quiz where in order to comment, you've actually got an answer, a three-question quiz, and get it right to show that you've actually read the article before you comment on it. That's fantastic. It's gold. And I just think this is the best thing ever because, you know, a couple of weeks ago I was saying we were actually removing commenting from some sites depending on certain um, certain scenarios, but this would be much better. And I think this will be the norm. I think in a year's time this whole idea of commenting on sites will have some kind of quiz or some kind of yes. barrier yep. that makes sure you've actually read it. I think it's fantastic. It's a really good idea. 
I really like that. Well, we put that in our random thought of the week. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I had moved on to the tip of the week. <laughs> oh, tip of the week is just a B2B startup idea matrix. I love this. This comes actually into creative thinking. So don't go and read this article for kind of ideas for marketing, yeah. but look at it for ways to think creatively about your potential market. Yes. So if you're a marketing manager, uh, maybe B2B or B2C or whatever yep. it is, it's got this big matrix and there's a Google doc they link through. What's fascinating is down one side you've kind of got all these types of product and yep. then across the columns you've got kind of different pain points and different ways of segmenting. Yep. And they it's like this matrix and you kind of go, oh, yeah, uh, help desk software. Oh, What's the differentiation? Oh, we'll make it uh, online mm. kind of. That's an obvious one that's yeah, been in yeah, place yeah, for yeah. years now. Yep. But think of these kind of things. It's great for um, driving creativity and thinking of ways to position your product. That's fantastic. All right. And we've got some bonus links of the week in the show notes. So have a look. It's about um, something from Moz and something from the HubSpot blog. From the HubSpot blog and two tools to investigate. We didn't get time to talk about them. Actually, I, I bet George B. Thomas had probably covered some of these tools, but one's called Calculoid, which is a way to build little calculators that you can yep. embed in your site. Another one's called Imageify, which is just an image compression tool, which you may find useful. That is fantastic. You know, the image compression, you know, a lot of times when we evaluate people's sites and they're obviously coming up as being slow, they have massive images, like a massive hero image that can be cut down by like 90% and speed up the site significantly. And I think that's one of the things where you could actually use this program. So I definitely consider using that. All right, Craig. Next steps, you need to actually join our Facebook group. Try out the HubShots bot for some daily inspiration and join the WhatsApp group and be a part of the community and actually learn and share what you're actually learning. And we have some great people from partners to customers in the community and I think being a part of that will actually help you grow, implement, be a practitioner and do really well with your HubSpot. Until next time, Craig. Catch you later, Ian. Hey there. Thanks for listening to this episode of HubShots. For show notes and the latest HubSpot news and tips, please visit us at hubshots.com.